I don't know. Did you read the news story about the lady that broke a raccoon's neck in a physical fisticuffs? <laughs> she got attacked by a raccoon and was like, basically, like, did the like, go to sleep, go to sleep on the raccoon <laughs> and fucking killed it. I what? don't like that she did it, but like, it, I, she yeah. was in a fight for her life. Right. Listen. Okay. I can't say I what I would do. Right. Like, I, I would prefer the raccoon not have died. I'm sure she would have preferred to not be faced right. with the choice. Right. <laughs> and I'm not going to. I'm sure and you're going Sophie's through some stuff choice, already. It's more of like a Rambo's choice. <laughs> <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty Cinema. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Whatever Russian for hello is. (laughs) Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave. What's this month's theme? All right. Well, we've just finished up Toesing the Sandler. Thank God. And closed (laughs) it out with a a bang with little Nikki. So let's just just move on. It's a new month. I think we could all use a palate cleanser, which is why it's (laughs) the most wonderful time of the year. It is Van Damuary. When we look at the life and works of the just amazing JCVD. This is palate microdermabrasion. Oh, (laughs) That sounds aggressive. Casey, you are kicking us off this month of Van Damuary. So what did we watch this week to start? Black Eagle from 1988. <laughs> I have never seen this film. A lot of people think I've seen every Van Damme movie. No, no, no. I haven't. Mm. I got to, you know, slow down, enjoy it. So we watched this on Tubi with commercials, which I think happened one time. Yeah. Um, Van Damme's a hard one to watch his entire filmography, too, because once you get far enough back in there, there's a lot of like, wait, did I watch this one already? I watched that one. <laughs> I don't wait, remember those high-waisted wait. pants. Right. He Wait, he was in the Foreign Legion in how many films? Right. It's interesting I when I watch a Van Damme movie and I'm like, I feel like I've seen this before or I've yeah. watched too many Van Damme movies. Doesn't seem like together. a foreign legion. It seems like a familiar one. Like, I think you've been <laughs> reusing this little outfit. The friendly legion. So from 1988, Black Eagle star Sho Kasuki and Van Damme kind of the second male lead. They don't vibe yeah. for the same broad, but you know, like he's not in it's it as true. much. Yeah. It's not his movie. All right, Casey, before we get into Van Damuary officially, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You're out on a fishing boat with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. And he is wearing the tightest shorts. Unfortunately, in your effort to get too close while he's exercising, you do get too close. And he whips his foot up, kicks you in the 10 seconds as you arc through the air and you're dreaming so about your brief contact with Van Damme before you splash into the ocean, sell us on this movie. JCVD plays the second male lead in the Soviet-Russian version of Gone with the Wind with a ninja marine biologist daddy vacation subplot. Eight seconds. Did I miss anything? Oh, plane <laughs> went down. 
There you go. Ah, there's a down. plane crash. Forget I'm, about the uh, MacGuffin. You're right. To be honest, you 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 promised a lot more than I feel like the film delivered. Like technically, all those elements were there. Yeah. It just didn't feel like it while watching it. Let's do this. Let's do Black Eagle and go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Ah, the 80s. When the wars were cold and ninjas were even cooler. Fuck yeah. Our adventure stars martial arts pro-CIA agent Ken, who's played by Joe Kasugi, one of the best 80s ninjas, and he's flown to Malta with his children for an all-expense-paid vacation. Thanks, yeah. government. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, much like getting detained in Guantanamo, it's technically an all-inclusive island resort, right? So Ken may get three hots in a cot, but it's only because the U.S. accidentally lost a plane with a super high-tech laser-tracking MacGuffin. And some Russians just happen to be shooting cans and whoopsie-poopsie, wouldn't you know it? Happen to shoot down an F-111. I mean, it can happen to anyone, really. Yeah, totally. It's uh, like the classic whoopsie-poopsie defense. The CIA is understandably suspicious of the whoopsie defense and sends their best agent to find the plane and get that laser home. Except they don't fully trust their agent, so they send him with a chaperone. Uh, in this case, Friar Joe. And they technically maybe kind of kidnap his children a little bit and bring them too. But it's fine. Kids love being spies, right? It's a passive-aggressive kidnapping. <laughs> Are you <laughs> coming with us? You're going to be treated so good. So good. It sounds like what you're describing to me is basically free childcare. See? Yeah, I, full-time nanny, too. Right. Is this the government does care. Damn. This should be pretty smooth sailing, except the Ruskies are trying to beat Ken to the punch. Literally with their own martial art machine. Joel Cole, fucking Van Damme! Sorry, I get a little... <laughs> Andre! You get a little emotional. Andre! You okay there? Also known as the star of this month, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Thank you, Casey. Then he is the KGB right-hand man super soldier tasked with finding the sunken jet before his American nemesis. Go fish! Agent Ken's kids are forced through the most boring tour of all time, uh, one that Agent Ken himself dips out of frequently, like mid-conversation, just Irish goodbyes to his own children. Iconic. <laughs> 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 they start to catch on that their dad isn't some, like, ocean science nerd when they get aggressively kidnapped, this time by a very sweaty Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme even bests Agent Ken in hand-to-hand -hand combat, forcing Ken to flee with his family. But all is not lost. The kids are shipped to Rome and some Ruskies are about to get shredded. The good friar sneaks aboard the Soviet trawler and he wires it up with C4. Ken, meanwhile, kicks some tight commie ass, ending in Van Damme's demise via fucking giant propeller. We wrap it all up with a giant, very poorly done miniature explosion, uh, with all the good guys <laughs> swimming to safety and Ken <laughs> making it to Rome just in time to save his children from another lackluster tour guide. Seriously. We, I will show you the dining room and the ballroom and the office and the study. This is the statue. That guy doesn't even work there. Because <laughs> that's not how tour guides speak. Um, that is someone who is a little high and kind of got into this situation and is rolling with it. And is yes-anding himself to an eight-hour shift. Uh, secondly, if... This is like European healthcare, childcare, where they like make you go on vacation and relax and steal your kids, so you gotta come. But they take care of them. I mean, like maybe the queen doesn't have it all wrong. 
I mean, <laughs> he was an American agent, though. Yeah, but you just go there and they tr- it's like Southern hospitality. They just take your kids, take a load off. I don't think that's no, how it, it works was at all. Because the, the CIA, it was another CIA agent that was taking his kids for him. So this is like the American right. version of like, we'll give your family a paid vacation. You just got to kill a guy while you're there. Well, it's a working you know, vacation. MacGuffin, right? It depends on the vacation and it depends on the guy. At least six, because there was six when they recruited him to go back, and then he killed a whole bunch more. They killed a whole bunch more. I didn't get the body count in this, but Shokasugi fucking kills a lot of people. It's, it's quite a few, yeah. Okay, but what if it's like a Kevorkian thing, but for like extreme people? Like, hey man, I'm not gonna let the cancer kill me. I want to go out cool though. Um, I want to die by Shokasugi's hand. Yeah, yeah. So we get a group of like at least eight of us. We get a group on. He gets to feel fulfilled. <laughs> we get death and dignity. And it's Friday. We a do. death and dignity group on. Yeah, I've, I've seen that in my inbox before. You know what? I'm going to say that this film had the pacing of one of those awful European tours they were on. Oh, because my God. Once every like. Mm, yeah. 300 steps something cool would happen and then it's just back to snooze button again it was really because this is a spy movie and it's specifically a cold war era spy movie right sometimes which is normally a very tense genre but they built no tension in this movie like uh, let me i i gotta rant about just the basic pacing of this because The, the whole plot of the movie, right, is that this plane went down with a super secret laser weapon MacGuffin thing on it, and they got to find it before the Russians do. Okay, that is actually a really good plot for a, a Cold War era spy movie, right? Sure. No, like, yeah. for I'm, a 30-minute TV show, but go on. <laughs> you can make that happen. But so the plane that they're trying to get to, they do not find until an hour into the movie which is way too long to do it. But you can still do that in a spy movie. And they had all the elements they needed to do that. They specifically brought in a fallen priest, a retired spy who's now joined the fatherhood, who's also an expert in title patterns. Like, that's great. That sets you up perfectly for an Indiana Jones they're digging in the wrong spot scene. And then they just didn't do that. (laughs) No. Why did you have all the elements necessary and then not do it for an hour? Also, by the time they get to the plane crash site and uh, Ken dives, it looks like about 11 feet down. So you're telling (laughs) me you couldn't use radar or like an airplane to see that? Because he's just like, bye. It is is in the water, right? It's in uh, the Mediterranean, and it's supposed to be 100 meters deep. It is not a hundred meter Steve. No, it's about it eleven. <laughs> because uh because Ken free dives down to it. Um and uh the the priest is super impressed with that. I was super impressed with that because I was like, there's can people free dive a hundred meters? Turns out they can go a lot farther than that. But yeah. Not me, I have sensitive ears. <laughs> I'm a little well, bit <laughs> Our character Ken absolutely did not free dive 100 meters in this. It was, as Casey said, maybe 11 feet because they were very lazy when it came to filming this. I don't think they even went to the deep yeah. end of whatever pool they were in. So they do have 
other elements of espionage movies that are they're just obligatory there's a uh for example a casino scene that absolutely does nothing for the film but it just gives us an opportunity for ken and van damme and his totally forgettable boss to have an intimidate off over a game of roulette because because spy movies have to do that but Excuse it does nothing me. for the film you are so wrong it doesn't do nothing for the film it sets us up for the best joke in the film of when they're bantering back and forth of where the Americans are saying, oh, like, oh, you don't gamble? What's wrong with you? And the Russian guy's like, I don't like to take unnecessary risks. And then the Americans win and go like, oh, but we won. And he says, oh, that's because you bet on red. <laughs> yes. And everybody's face fell. And it was just one of those, like, yes. That's true. That I was, know where you started a, and you worked backwards. That and was I such a you. good joke. That was so You awesome. fucking moonwalked that you, to a punchline. You line very much it. worked backwards from the punchline on that I one. I don't yeah. care. I wish I, I would have seen more of that. We needed more <laughs> verbal moonwalking. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, man I, that's true. That's true. I got to talk about this casino scene for a bit because okay. you're right. This is a classic of the spy movie genre. <laughs> yeah, so it had to be in here. That's what was like the shortest part of the movie. <laughs> because it's just a train wreck of a spy movie scene. <laughs> yeah. We have that we have that aforementioned back and forth bad guy good guy banter at the roulette wheel except the Russian's whole half of it is about how he doesn't gamble. Why the fuck are you sitting at a roulette <laughs> wheel then? I know. Sitting at the wheel, fucking flexing about how he doesn't there. gamble. You're right. an asshole. <laughs> just taking that spot so no one else can have it. The the main villain in this is the worst, and it's exemplified by that. Yeah, and he then this segues, this segues perfectly into one of my favorite things with old spy movies in general, and this one in particular is the clothing in old spy movies like when in cold war era stuff when they're trying to amp up the tension between them but everybody's got their shirts pulled like three feet out of their pant and ballooning out that just kills it like every time i watch goldfinger and see sean connery in the knitted romper i forgot he wore at the pool it just completely snaps the spy movie for me and the casino scene in this hit that perfectly because JCVD and the Russian are in classic tuxedos, you know, which is great so, for a spy movie. And Agent Ken is in the most 80s goddamn suit I have ever seen in my life. Okay, time out. 80s Ken wore a lot of, like, parachute billowy shirts, some high-waisted but yep. baggy pants, and then he right. had the, the cartoonishly large 80s glasses that were like... A lot of short sleeve <laughs> Oxfords. It's a, it's a look, man. There's a reason for that. Because 80s Ken, A, has a banging ass bod, and B, works under the assumption that people are underestimating him because he doesn't look like shit with all that stuff on. And then you see him in the scuba dive scene, and 80s Ken is looking good, bro. <laughs> and he moves well. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, that's like, those kids are like, oh, my dad's such a nerd. But, like, your dad's also a poon hound. You guys are just stupid and can't see it. <laughs> D- it so dad can get I, it. I'm with Casey. And not only 
do I think it looks good. They're also in Malta, which is hot. And when it's hot, you want to wear looser clothing. It keeps you cooler. So that, that kind of clothing is the sort of style that you would see. You're not going to get the same kind of like tighter jeans and stuff that you're going to see or tighter chinos. You, okay, wait see, a minute. You are not going to tell me that suit he wore at the casino was not a full cotton blend. That was... <laughs> That's, he was sweating his Polyester? dick off in that suit, The CIA man. babysitter was wearing some Jordashes when she was climbing out of the window, and those were painted on. <laughs> I could basically see her bleached yeah. asshole through her jeans. Like, yeah. no. And they I, missed the spot. <laughs> I, I could have bought the cheesy suits if they were trying to go with the whole, like, well, I'm undercover as an oceanographer. But this is, like, three hours after he killed several men in broad daylight. The cover is blown, but the movie then tries to pretend that it isn't. It's all he got. They left the kids in the same outfit. The kids only got two outfits, and they <laughs> were, like, true. shot across a week. It really bothered me. I was like, the CIA babysitter isn't going to change it. those kids' clothes? Are you making them wash? You can't just, like, have them go swim and count that. Right. That's why she takes them to the beach so much. Like, all right, kids, get all your clothes on and head out into the surf. Yeah, but they were only on the beach for, like, five minutes at a time. They would just get to the beach. Deliver six lines and go like, okay, we got to pack up and go to another fucking museum that no one wants to go yeah. to. Even before they were getting assignments, she's forcing these kids to go to a museum. Take them to a fucking theme park and let them run around. Get drunk. So, eat a loaf of bread. So speaking of the kids, how do we feel about the whole, like, dad who works too much reconnecting with his children's storyline being shoved into this spy movie as well. Hated Unnecessary. It. Hated it. it exclusively existed to put Ken in danger later so that his kids could be abducted, which was yeah. incredibly predictable from the beginning. It's telegraphed is, is not what it does. It fucking plasters it on a billboard. It's another one that I think could have worked and been a perfectly good storyline for a spy movie. And just, they By just itself. Didn't, they didn't do it here at all. Like, <laughs> it's a really dumb excuse for the kids to be there in the first place, and then the movie just kicks them out as soon as they don't want to deal with the restrictions of them anymore. The, the idea is supposedly that Ken only gets two weeks off, and he always spends it with his kids, and the government's trying to put him to work during these two weeks and show off how shitty they are. But really, they could just get rid of all of that plot and just be like, hey, this is an agent going to go rescue this. We're going to go fucking recover this McCuff. They just get rid of all of that and go, hey, here's a fucking super agent going to get a MacGuffin and he's going to do espionage shit. Ah, and that would have been perfect. That's a perfectly good excuse for a spy movie. Like, if right. you want to get extra with it, you can go like the Tinker Tailor route and have maybe like an old spy who's not into it anymore. But <laughs> right. Bringing your right. kids along on the mission is weird. Ken, a.k.a. Shokasugi is maybe like a Joe Jackson because this isn't, th those are his real kids, number and they one. They are his actual children. And That's true. The kids in the movies are, are his kids in real life. And also, it's not the only movie that his kids are in. Like, all the kids are in we, with him. We just spent five weeks watching Adam Sandler do it. I'm not going to complain about Shokasugi doing it. Yeah, because his, kid, his kids have skills like karate and shit, and right? Doing cartwheels. His kids have an awesome, one of the best fight scenes in Black Eagle is one of his kids. It's a great scene. It's quick, but it's shot from wide yeah. out. He fights the three kids well. 
I enjoyed it. It was a fun scene. It was very Three Ninjas-esque. I got down on it. Yeah. The best fight scene in Black Eagle's pretty low bar, though. <laughs> okay, can I bitch about that kid though? When he sure. was when he jumped out of the van of Russians after yeah. they get aggressively kidnapped, um he immediately does a backflip over <laughs> a Russian hand and then runs off and they set that up earlier in the movie when his dad was helping him do it at the beach and he's like, "Oh, you didn't you didn't do it right cuz you didn't believe in yourself. You gave up. You got scared." And so it's like, oh, this kid's not afraid. Now he's like running around a foreign city. Great. Um, but we we didn't need that. I, I mean, like, I, I appreciate <laughs> that someone was trying to make character growth. I, I enjoyed that Were scene that just you? because... I enjoyed that scene just thinking about it from the Russian standpoint because were I a Russian kidnapper charged with grabbing a 10-year-old child and that kid backflips on me in the process, this is no longer a ransom. (laughs) It's a murder now. I was just saying, like, hey, maybe there were some pages missing from that that file on the flippy kid. Does you the don't... calculus change if it's a back handspring? Because that's what he actually did. <laughs> no, no, you do not. You don't. You don't fucking flex on me right now, kid. I will shoot you down in the streets of Malta. Your cat. Your dad has another kid. Okay. Got two of you. You only need one. <laughs> Save money on airfare on the way home. Right. Let's see how good your handspring is when I cut your fingers off, all right? (laughs) Show some respect for your kidnappers, child. I'm going to drive springs into your hands since you like fucking handsprings so much. Oh, man. It is... (laughs) It, it, I mean, it's the same thing as, like, the Three Ninjas movies, right? When, like... I'd kill those kids. It, right. It's kids. very funny as a child to watch it, but realistically, one of the adults is going to grab a baseball bat and just crush their little skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a movie to watch, though. <laughs> Can I say... Okay, the kids weren't... Great actors, but they we've sure. absolutely seen worse actors. Sure. Definitely worse. They did sure. fine. Yeah, better whatever. performance than a lot of the adults in this movie. Yeah, the background <laughs> actors and all the fights and just in general were absolutely abysmal. They had the fucking charisma of third grade boys at musicals. Like they're just uh, like uh, my the particular yeah, scene yeah. I'm thinking of yeah. is when Ken and the father get busted on the boat by the Russians and they have this big ass boat pull up next to the little dinghy. And there's a guy standing on, I forgive me. I don't know ship parts, but he's standing on like what looks to be a big exhaust pipe thing. And he's holding one hand on a ladder rung and the other on, I guess a rope. And it's the most, mm-hmm. like, weird Nautica ad bullshit <laughs> where I'm like, you look like a background person in Guys and Dolls. Like, you're just, like, have that, like, jazzy pose. My ankles are crossed. <laughs> snap. Snap. Dodge. Ball. Like, what the fuck? What were you doing? I've never seen someone stand like that on a boat ever. I, at least there's one memorable villain because besides Van Damme and our Nautica model, there's no 
villains that are even worth talking about. They're all fucking forgettable. Okay, time out. There is one. It's Russian lady number one that you Natasha? don't really know her. Yeah, is that her name or are you just being Russianist? No, Natasha <laughs> is, is okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme's love interest in the film. Um, his from I don't Russia think with he love. was interested in love with her, but she absolutely was with him. Because she spends the Could first Could you blame her? Movie. You were just as juicy as she was. Number one, I would never play hard to get. I would, <laughs> I would play hard to get off me. Um, and number two, like, so first she's like, eh, whatever. And then she's like, eh, okay. And then cut to a scene, like, they just got done fucking. And the, like, boat alarm clock was going off. And he had to get up. And she's like, hey, we could just leave it all behind. It was like yeah, a baby. Quit your job. Together. I'll take care of you. Mom will take care of you. Quit your job. <laughs> All you gotta do is fuck me, and I'll take care of the rest. Like she went from, "You don't talk to me" to like, "I'm gonna chain you up in my basement real quick." And it was yeah, love to yeah, know what that did. experience was like. I guess that's what happens when you get boned by JCVD. I mean, when you're it's the one woman on the boat, you get your the, pick of the litter. I it's did. True. I did think it was interesting that the uh, the turning point in their relationship, if you will, was when she is having a full emotional breakdown over the fact <laughs> that she just tried to murder a person with a gun. Yeah. And JCVD chooses this is his moment to make a move on her. Honestly. And it works. It would work. It <laughs> right. would work. JC I'm not sad all anymore. In on that. It's like when you're crying and someone gives you ice cream. You're not as sad anymore, are you? And you're doing something with your mouth. So, I mean, like. <laughs> no, that checks out. I, all right. I guess I'll it take your word for that It very consensual. <laughs> it was that old school 80s style make out where they're mostly just kind of nuzzling yeah. each other's necks. And, Who and actually makes out this way? And moving? <laughs> Honestly, what happens when you do that, Jay? I yell at you because it tickles. <laughs> that's true just like oh my god you're breathing on my neck stop stop it stop so speaking of bad background actors i think the pinnacle of this movie for me was the scene where ken is being chased after sending his children away with the blonde lady we haven't really talked about her it's not really important jordash jeans um and he is being chased through the streets of Malta by two KGB agents. Is he, though? Because the way it's shot, they're, like, going through alleys and buildings and on rooftops and shit like that. But it looked, I suspect, that this whole scene was shot on three different days. And nobody was <laughs> on very, set together until... Very low-stakes chase sequence. It's shot like a spot. Pepe Le Pew chase sequence. Yes. A lot of, you know, back yeah. and forth with nobody in the same frame. Right. Never. And Shokasuga is always way ahead of them, so he's pausing at moments to set up, like, transitions from one chase sequence to the next. So, for example, from the streets to the open door that leads inside the building where he runs up the staircase and then pauses outside of a door to let them get closer so that he can keep just being barely ahead of them. Yeah, it's more like a dog that wants you to chase it than it is yeah. a spy trying to actually escape the people behind him. Right. It's like when you're yelling at your dog 
because they've broken off the lead and they just stay like five steps ahead of you and keep scaring the shit out right. of you. They're getting close to traffic. They're, you know, near other dogs. Right. So like staying out of reach, but also making sure to stop and make direct eye contact every 20 seconds or so. It's not a good plan for a chase sequence, Ken. No, no. And it ends with him. It ninja felt like a Mentos. It felt a little Mentosy. If you know, it wasn't Van Damme, but it did feel like no. a Freshmaker moment. Although yeah. I'm not sure it was the Freshmaker moment, right? No. Van Damme always has that kind of Mentos moment, and I, that's not what I would pick. All right, I didn't particularly catch any Mentos moments in this. So what what Mentos Freshmaker moments did you see from Van Damme? The knife throwing. The knife throwing. Yeah, you got it too. You got the vibe. In between whatever the fuck he had. I don't know. He was hovering like over the ground. Oil barrels the or something. something. Yeah, sure. Just a couple of ship barrels. Every ship has barrels, right? You know the barrels. Wet, shirtless, throwing <laughs> so knives. That was the Freshmaker moment. They were right. like bike shorts or football shorts or little sporty shorts. But like he looked so thick and juicy. Like a juicy double. Okay, but I mean, he's that bubble. Every Freshmaker moment's got to have sort of like a plot line to it. And that was just a scene of him doing the splits and throwing knives to show that he could do those things. So, like, what are we going to cut in the shot of him curb stomping someone to death at the end of it for the Mentos Fresh is full of life moment? No, no, that was it's at probably the beginning just of the having... movie, number one, because I was confused how he killed that guy. Because I was like, why did it... his arms are up here? <laughs> Jay had to explain that to me because I was yeah, like, "What?" I thought he was just dancing over him. Still, I was like, "How did he die?" What happened? <laughs> All right. Well, that that leads us nicely then into talking about our our lead character for this month, if not this film, the esteemed Jean Claude Van Damme, and something that I wanted to bring up. If you're going to mention the split scene, because. As you just said, we had a scene where Jean-Claude Van Damme does the splits on a couple of barrels and throws knives. It is as inevitable as the sunrise that if you have Jean-Claude Van Damme in a movie, he's going to do the splits. Obviously. Right? Has to happen. Here's something I thought while watching this movie, though. There is never really a good reason for an adult to do the splits. In real life. What do you mean? What what do you mean? You need to open your mind. (laughs) Free your mind and the rest will follow. Right. I There's can almost think of about eleven. I okay in a movie with a rated R or lower rating. Yeah. Oh, okay. They still did the splits yeah. in the TV version of Showgirls, which is like PG thirteen. You're welcome. Okay, but then they're they're doing splits because they're showgirls. That's part of being a showgirl. I'm talking about like. You're walking down the street and you drop your wallet. You don't do the splits to get down there and pick it up. Uh, it's never Dave. the most efficient method of movement. Dave, what? What? I, I don't have a calendar in front of me. What month is it? It is Van Damuary. Oh, it's Van Damuary. Yeah. Okay. That's my and, point. And, so, and, and hold on. It looks like the weather says that there's a sign of splits coming up, right? Wait, so would you tell Megan the Stallion not to drop it down into the splits? Right. To dump it, split it? Come just on. Let me finish. I am no. not saying that Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> should not be doing the splits. Uh-huh. I am saying that it is a unique challenge of writing a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie 
in that how are you going to justify him doing the splits? People so can't. People who can do. People who <laughs> can't teach. So let me give you a couple of examples. If I can, I do. Time cop. The villain is about to shoot me with a taser. The floor is covered with water that will electrify him, and I need to get up and out of the way. That is a nine out of ten exclusive. For- <laughs> that is a nine out of ten. That's a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Ten out of ten. I don't want to see Jean Claude Van Damme springing up onto the countertop like a cat that just stepped on tinfoil. Splits is the way to go here. Either way. To answer so your question, 10 out of 10 is I want to showcase the incredible control of two Volvo trucks driving in reverse on a highway. Incredible. <laughs> that is a 10 out of 10 excuse to do the splits. For both okay. Volvo and JCVD, this was a perfect decision, and, and I applaud it entirely. My Volvo. I'm Touché. sorry. Touché. Wow. So I with that as the scale... We had two split scenes in this movie, right? We had the first one, as you mentioned, where he's on a boat doing splits on barrels, throwing knives. And I'm, I'm giving that about a, about a six out of 10 because it makes total sense for his character to just be doing that because he's capable of it. <laughs> right, yeah. He's Russian. He's the, he's the super soldier bad guy. Right. He's got to do badass shit. Just 100% like sh- to flex on the people around you that right. you're capable of doing it. right. Yeah, I hang Conver- out and do the splits, and I throw yeah. fucking daggers at walls. NBD. Conversely, we then had our second split scene of this movie, where he does it to get out of the way of a roundhouse kick, and that's like a 2 out of 10 at best. I've seen JCVD <laughs> do this exact move too many times. He should have punched him in the dick as his leg was swinging around, right. and then we could have forgiven it. Then it would be like an 8 out of 10 of like, he telegraphed that roundhouse kick, you knew what to do. You Absolutely. Knew the, you knew the assignment. I don't. It's a very, okay. very poorly written excuse to do the splits for that second one. I, I guess it's mad, but the, the execution is well done. I enjoy it. In a shock it factor. In you know, it's like when you taunt your opponent in UFC, it's kind of like that. Like, hey, right. look what I can do, bitch. He's, he's showing off how, how difficult it, it is to really ten. hit him. I, and I, I think it's a very dangerous move for any fighter to put into their arsenal because eventually you start right you try and do that too many times eventually age is going to catch up with you and there's going to be a morning where you didn't stretch enough and you're going to go down into the splits and you're not going to come back up from them and now you're just teeter-tottering down there for a kick to the head he's 28 he's so young i did like that a rare occasion here on shitty cinema we got jean-claude van damme as a villain and I think, as The Expendables shows, he could be an amazing, fun villain. I always enjoy him in all of his roles, but I don't know about you guys. I wish I'd get a little bit more villainous roles. He is like a golden retriever villain in this. Yeah. He's like an evil yeah. dog from Up. Like You can tell he wants to smile the whole time. I, I can definitely get down on him as a villain more often, and this was not a good villainous performance from him. Golden Retriever energy is very accurate, Casey. <laughs> he just has those big eyes. You know, he's so fucking fresh-faced. Yeah. You're just like, oh, my God. You're not evil. You're just dumb. Come here. There's Come here. A, there's also, and it's not necessarily his performance's fault, because the movie's got some serious no. pacing issues with yes. his character arc as well. He shows up at the beginning and murders a, uh, a random dude on the boat, which 
Okay, that's a good establishment of uh, your your number two henchman in a spy movie, right? Like right. I, like Zenya on the top murdering the general at the beginning of Golden Eye. Like you got to right. establish right. the threat. Uh, but then he doesn't really do fuck all for about forty five minutes of the movie, and it's not until the hour and twenty what? minute mark when he finally fights Ken for the first time, yeah. and that. That doesn't work. You got to establish the threat of your henchmen. Rule of threes. You have them off some random dude. You have them beat the good guy, and then they get away. That's got to come usually around the end of act one. And then that leads up to the grand finale where they're defeated by their own hubris. Right. And and they fight three times, too. He wasn't doing nothing. They were developing him as a character by that weird Soviet love story of... Two people being stuck on a thing together, looking at each other until finally they start talking, and then one of you know they fuck. Yeah, you can't just having scenes where they look at each other and then they fuck is not character. <laughs> it is in Russia. It's kind of like Amish shit, but if like Amish were really into drinking, like more than they are now. And I think that's colder. a a peak storyline that fucked the pacing that could have just been completely cut out. Okay, Absolutely. we could cut the kids, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. We could have cut the kid thing out. We don't I need get the to excuse. see the top of Jean-Claude Van Damme's butt crack. Then and you want to keep the kids? Fuck the kids. Right. Keep Fuck the crack. The Question. The kid that ran away from the KGB officers when he, you know, escaped from the yeah. truck or what have you. Yeah. We were commenting because the guy that was chasing him was, like, in better <laughs> shape than me, but not good shape. And right. he's kind of losing wind. And we were talking about how kids can go forever and how they're decently fast. Who would you say would run through Malta faster, that kid or JCVD? Oh, JCVD, for sure. Dave? Remember that movie Ooh. we watched him in? I, I, not based on this movie, but just based on, well, I guess my own pre-existing biases. I feel like Malta's a pretty densely packed place. So I'm going to say the kid, because he can, like, you know, squirrel past people's legs and stuff. Like an Aladdin thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is an Aladdin situation. Okay. All right, Case, what about you? I'm going to say probably JCVD, but definitely what's-his-face, the guy that invented parkour that was in Brickman. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What's that guy's name? David Bell. David David Bell. Bell. Yeah. I think David Bell could catch that kid in a New York sure. minute. He'd be like running up the wall and grabbing him and picking him up at the same time. <laughs> He'd just be like, I don't even understand how the physics works. There's a couple more things that we need to talk about. Number one, in the scene where Ken saves a guy after he got punched off a boat or something like that, he fell into mm. the water and was unconscious. And... Ken is doing that thing where he's swimming with his hand under his chin so it keeps his face up. I was like, oh, that guy's unconscious. And then you see the guy kind of like half open his eyes and he pretends to be unconscious until they get to the boat and then all of a sudden he's awake enough to climb onto the boat. And I'm like, that's a real Casey move, you little Ken shit. Ken threw him in the water. Yeah, but like he did not do any effort to swim where they were going. He was just like, I guess I'm going to let this guy just tugboat me along oh, yeah. i mean no. the more interesting question is that he was thrown into the water with his hands tied and ended up at the other boat with his, no ropes on his hands so it was one of those trick ropes that dissolves in water oh 
Oh, yeah. like a candy rope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe they were on a Japanese game show. I don't know. It, it, just, <laughs> it was just something that really stuck out to me and kind of bothered me because I was just like, what a little asshole. And then also, there's a few things I need to point out. Shokasugi. Mm. Fantastic martial artist. He knows like a bunch of different martial arts. He knows Aikido. He like knows everything. He's such a very badass. talented. Yeah. Amazing. How many movies do you think he's in with the word ninja in the title? Don't oh, look it God. Up. Uh, I mean, we made Jason so many seven. of them in the 80s. I'm, I'm going to say nine. I'm going with nine. It is nine. Hey, it is nice. not right. Okay, here we go. More. How many Shokasugi movies don't have the word ninja in them, but uh-huh. have a ninja as the picture on the cover? I'm gonna give it another five. Okay. I was also gonna say five, so I'll say four. Six. Oh. Four. Four more. The answer is four. Yeah. But thirteen movies referencing ninjas. Hey, but man. Honestly, not that bad. That's No, and that's what he did. And if you're going to get paid for it, get make money. Do it, and you do it well. Shokasugi and JCVD, I caught them, like, smiling at each other while they were fighting, and it was super cute. They had more on-screen chemistry than anyone else. I feel like they really <laughs> enjoyed fighting together. They looked like they were genuinely sure. having fun. Yeah. Some parts kind of look like just sparring. Yeah. Like but it looked like they were having fun. And I think, you know, they were kind of taking it easy on each other and just enjoying each other's company. I don't know. That's my ship. Don't sink it. Well, I'm glad they were having fun because I'm going to be honest. I, for the most part, wasn't with the fight scenes in this movie. Even though Shokasugi and Jean-Claude Van Damme are both very talented martial artists. Mm hmm. You don't really see it here. The choreography, when it's filmed well enough for you to see it, is mostly pretty just bog-standard karate movie shit. Sure. No one has any character to their combat whatsoever. And it's there's not even that much of it. For an action movie, no. there is very little action in this movie. Okay. Well, pipe down, Dave. You'll get your chance. 1988, Black Eagle. Would you watch it again, Dave? Damn oh, shit on uh, my heart. Ooh. Oh, you were talking a big old game. I, Let's hear I think it. I, I think I am going to have to shit on your heart, because even though this is a Jean-Claude Van Damme spy movie, which is just uh, so much about that speaks to my soul, I am disappointed by the execution of what I got here. It's not a good Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. It's not a good spy movie. And it's... It's not even a great Shokasugi movie. Like, go watch one of his ninja movies. They are much more entertaining than this. So, no, I don't think I'm going to watch oh. Black Eagle again. Ooh. Although, I am glad to have finally added it to my JCVD catalog. So, Look you know, I don't, I don't regret watching it. Um, Jay, how about you? 1988's Black Eagle, uh, technically released after Bloodsport, but filmed before it. So, this is very early in the catalog for him. Yeah. Would yeah. you watch it again? So it's interesting that you mentioned that Van Damme uh, isn't isn't necessarily the best in this. He also was tacked on toward the end of filming, which is why we don't see him in a whole lot of the scenes in the beginning. And that makes sense. Probably why we don't get that set up. And yeah. also, 
we have to remember that it was a really low budget film, which is why we get the cheesy explosion at the end. There isn't a second unit director and uh, the the director in the commentary sounds like he got walked all over by Shokasugi and JCVD and really wasn't oh. able to direct the action terribly well. If it would have had money and a little bit of editing behind it and trimmed down, this really would have been a great movie. But as someone who loves 80s action movies and spy movies, it's an homage to them in a way that I felt really comfortable watching. I had a ton of fun. I loved it. It's slow in parts, but I can pick up my phone and play video games or do something else. <laughs> and when the the fun happens, I get to watch it. So, yeah, I'm going to watch Black Eagle again. I liked it. I love that kind of 80s flicks. Wow. Casey, you did this. It's a tiebreaker. You got to figure out which way shitty cinema goes. 1988, Black Eagle, would you watch it again? I'm she really would. torn because... CVD wears oh. short shorts. I mean, JCVD wears, they're not short shorts. They're they are like a normal length short, but they're just like hitting it, fitting it. But I just hit the microphone. Don't talk to me like that. I can't. I got to focus. <laughs> um, the pacing was like fucking a narcoleptic person that was triggered by their own horniness. Every time we built up to something, it would just kind of peter out. Um, it starts, the movie starts with them establishing that JCVD is in fact in this movie because we just added him two months ago. So it's just like this long shot of him and his boss like running groceries and shit and just doing mundane, a bunch of mundane shit. It's the radio of the pilot that's falling into the ocean and somebody else. I don't know, but it's the most boring fucking thing ever. It was awful. It made the movie feel long and then the movie got longer. But here's the one good thing I'm going to say. JCVD, but also the older brother in this film is Hayabusa in the DOA movie. So, what? yeah, I'm going to watch this again for future Hayabusa Van Damme, oh! who is always fucking wet. Oh, my God, he's always, oh, he always wet. wet. And, yeah, this isn't the best movie, but, like, crochet. It's a good busy work movie. Well, that's it. Two out of three of us are going to learn how to knit and watch <laughs> Black Eagle again. You Weird. just have YouTube in one ear yeah. and this in the other. and You know uh -huh. what I mean? Keep your hands busy. You'll know when to look up. Will you knit me the Sean Connery romper from Goldfinger while you're doing that then? When I learn how to make round things, you betcha. Well, I barely squeak by getting two of us on the JCVD boat. Jay, you're up for next week. What are you going to bring? Case, I was inspired by Jean-Claude Van Damme in the villain role and a movie we hadn't seen before. So this is another one that I haven't seen. And in this one, he is the villain of the film. 2013's thriller Enemies Closer. I don't think I've watched this. Uh, Tom Everett Scott is the is the protagonist, and Orlando Jones is in it. So, and it's only 85 minutes long. That's not a good sign because most of the movies that we've watched that come in under that 90 minute mark still somehow have 20 minutes of fat on them. I'm incapable. <laughs> it's all I hear anytime I look at his face. Well, before you do the splits, follow us on social media Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, PPL, Instagram at casey.cinema, Patreon slash shitty cinema, or shittycinema.com. If you didn't catch all that, check the description below. 
And if you want to give us a thumbs up, share this with friends. We'll love you forever. In the meantime, let's turn out the lights, put on some dad jeans, and bore a Soviet to death. Huh?